Good morning, afternoon or night, wherever you may be. Welcome to the 21 Days to Vegan podcast, where we are supplying you with the educational tools you need to become a healthier, happier human on the inside and out. So today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, nutritional supplements. So not the supplements that you take in the gym, the supplements that you want to take just for daily wellness. Now, being a vegan, everything's thrown at you. You're told that you're going to be weak and skinny and sick and unhealthy and eventually die. People just say that you're going to die being vegan. Now, it's a little bit harsh, I know, but it's true. As soon as you go vegan, you're deficient in this. You are not getting enough iron. You're going to be not having good bowel movements. Your gut's affected. Your brain's dumb. Everything that you can think of, people try and tell you that that's going to happen to you. Now, a very large concern for vegans and people who are not vegan but considering going vegan is that they won't be receiving enough vitamins vital nutrients. But again, this is only because we're told we're not going to receive vital nutrients. It's only the stigma that it's been given. I've gone into depth about big topics on previous blogs. If you look on my website, www.21daystovegan.com.au. However, I want to talk briefly about supplements that can act as a safety net in case you're worried about becoming deficient. So it's not you're taking it because you are deficient. It's it's just kind of like a an if. All right. The only one that isn't a a safety net supplement is iron, which I'll get to. But iron is one of those supplements that you can only be in in equilibrium with. So iron is very easy to overdose and underdose. Both are not good for your health. So the first one that I would recommend and I want to start with is B12. So I've talked about B12 in the past, but essentially vitamin B12 is important for many bodily processes, including protein metabolism and the formation of oxygen transporting red blood cells. It is also crucial in the health of your nervous system. So some plant foods seem to contain a form of vitamin B12 naturally, but there is still a debate on whether this form is active in humans. When I say active, I mean, can it be metabolized, digested and absorbed in the human body? However, doing your own research on yourself is always very, very important. What do I mean by that? Eat a food, see how it makes you feel, go get a blood test, see what the blood test results are, see whether you're deficient in key indicators and try and understand whether that's what was making you feel sick, if you were feeling sick, of course. I always say you are your best test subject because it's true. What works for someone isn't always going to work for another person. So for me, personally, my diet gives me enough vitamin B12. So because of that, I only really recommend B12 supplements as a safety net just to ensure you're getting enough in your diet. So for me, because I am getting enough in my diet, I only really take a vitamin B12 supplement once every three days maybe and only small quantities. And also just a quick reminder, always make sure your vitamin B12 supplement is vegan friendly. Some of those capsules are not vegan friendly. They contain milk or essentially the bone and yucky stuff. If you don't get enough through your normal diet, I would recommend taking a B12 supplement daily and eating vitamin B12 fortified foods like nutritional yeast. Just because... When you become deficient in vitamin B12, you start really feeling it. You start feeling depleted, tired, lethargic, really just drained of energy and unable to essentially be an optimally functioning human being. Lastly, your ability to absorb vitamin B12 decreases with age. Therefore, the Institute of Medicine recommends that everyone over the age of 51, vegan or not, consider fortified foods or a vitamin B12 supplement. So did you hear that? Regardless of whether you're vegan or not, it is 
is recommended that you actually take a vitamin B12 supplement. I don't know if you tuned into my B12 podcast, but it's quite interesting. B12 is also supplemented to the animals, which is quite funny because everyone tells us that we need to eat those animals to get our B12. But funnily enough, they had to be supplemented in the first place. Anyway, next, next supplement, long chain omega-3s. So omega-3s can be split into essential omega-3 fatty acids and long chain omega-3 fatty acids. Long chain omega-3s include EPA and DHA. They are not considered essential because your body can make them from ALA. Now, these words, EPA, DHA, ALA, they all mean something. My pronunciation of them isn't amazing, so I'm not going to attempt it because I know that I'll be getting it wrong somehow, even though I've been saying it the same way for X amount of years. I don't want to get shot in the foot and someone say, you're not saying it right. I'm just going to say the acronym. So these long chain omega-3s are essential in the structural role in your brain and eyes. Adequate dietary levels also seem important for brain development and reducing the risk of inflammation, depression, breast cancer, and ADHD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Additionally, research consistently shows that vegetarians and vegans have up to 50% lower blood and tissue concentrations of EPA and DHA than omnivores. And this is most likely linked to the fact that EPA and DHA are mostly found in animal products like fatty fish and fish oil. Obviously, vegans and vegetarians don't eat fatty fish or take fish oil supplements. So therefore, we are always going to be having a lower intake of this oil. However, there are supplements out there. So vegans can reach this recommended 200 to 300 milligram intake by supplementing with algae oil. So algae oil is something to look into. It's really, really interesting and it's really, really good. It's been studied and shown to have similar reactions in our body and contain those omega-3s that fish oil contains. So we don't need to eat the fish, which obviously is a rejoice for vegans. What's more interesting, however, is that minimizing your intake of omega-6 fatty acids from oils including corn, safflower, sunflower, and sesame oils, as well as making sure to eat enough ALA-rich foods may further help maximize EPA and DHA levels. So there are a few things to note here. Essentially, these omega-3s and omega-6 have always been chucked around. People say, oh, they're great to eat, they're terrible to eat. Essentially, we need to be getting the omega-3s. But what is interesting to note is reducing your omega-6s to make sure the omega-3s are adequately absorbed. Today's podcast is brought to you by Clean Vegan Protein by Body Science, a deliciously clean plant-based protein to nourish your body and fuel your active lifestyle while supporting optimal gut health. Made with only premium whole ingredients, it's naturally sweetened with no gluten, no added sugars, no artificial colors or flavors, and definitely no gums or other fillers. It's just a pure protein your body and taste buds will thank you for. It's available in four incredible flavors, chocolate, vanilla, berry coconut, and salted caramel. Salted caramel is my personal favorite, and I put it every day in my oats. I also bake with it and make protein balls, so when I'm on the go or need a quick little snack after my workout, I can just pop it in and get that nourishing hit that I need. Try it for yourself today, and you'll start understanding what a real vegan protein should taste like and make you feel like. 
Supplement number three. I'm going quite quickly over these. The reason is because obviously my podcasts, I want to be nice, short, sweet, informative little snippets for your day. But I just want to break it down so it's really easy to digest and just say this is what you need, this is what they're going to do, instead of having a really long chat, which I could easily do, but I don't think it's going to benefit you. So those long chats are going to be reserved for guest speakers only, which I'll get into as the podcast cast matures a little bit. Iron. Too little iron can lead to anemia and symptoms like fatigue, decreased immune function, and just feeling pretty crappy overall. However, listen very closely. There are no higher rates of anemia in vegans than any other diet. (laughs) Interesting, huh? Hopefully this will quiet all the haters. So the person eating meat can have just just as high rates of anemia as a vegan who eats no meat. So iron can be found in two forms, heme iron and non-heme iron. Now I've done an iron podcast, go listen to it. It's really, really informative. It's pretty short and it just shows that heme iron is only available in animal products, whereas non-heme iron is found in plants and other animal products. Because heme iron is more easily absorbed from your diet than non-heme iron, vegans are often recommended to supplement iron into their diets. However, as per my recommendation with vitamin B12, I suggest getting your blood work done so that you can see how your levels are with your current diet. Don't go changing things if you don't think you need to. Go find out what's happening in your body. Go see what your body's trying to tell you and what your indicators are like before you make these drastic changes. And remember, once you make the changes, see how you go for two weeks, then go back and get your blood tests done, all right? Two to four weeks, I usually give a change to see how it's going to make my body feel and also to affect my blood levels. Two to four weeks, you could often ask, Ask your doctor or pathologist whether they recommend you come back in two, three, four weeks. They'll they'll tell you what they want you to do, but I I often have been told two to four weeks, um, and that's when they'll start noticing whether the blood indicators are changing. So, vegans with a low iron intake should aim to eat more iron-rich foods, such as cruciferous leafy green vegetables, beans, peas, dried fruits, nuts, and seeds. Iron-fortified foods as well, such as cereals, enriched breads, and some plant milk, as well as the all-famous nutritional yeast. So don't just supplement iron as well, because like I said, iron is one of those really tricky nutrients whereby you don't want to overdo it and you don't want to underdo it. Don't just supplement iron as it can do more harm than good by damaging cells or blocking the absorption of other minerals. So extremely high levels can even cause convulsions, lead to organ failure or coma, and be fatal in some cases. So like I said, make sure your iron levels are balanced, all right? Imagine you're in a seesaw. You just want to be in that middle part of the seesaw, right? Enjoying life, not getting thrown up, not getting thrown down, all right? I mean, seesaws are fun. That was a terrible analogy, which reminds me I need to go play on a seesaw because I have not in years and I used to love seesaws. So thank you, Iron, for reminding me about seesaws. So again, it's not necessary to supplement unless you know you're deficient. And also, if you're over stop eating as much iron. <laughs> I don't know an easy way to say that, but stop eating iron if you're super excelling in your iron levels or just ask your doctor what you can do. Pumping non-heme iron should be the name of the pumping iron documentary. The reason I say that is because it's a clear winner over heme iron because of its ability to be well regulated in the body. Heme iron can't be regulated, so you can overeat on heme iron. 
you can get to that level of iron being dangerous in your body. However, non-heme iron, your body actually goes, oh, wait, no, 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 we've absorbed enough iron. We don't need to absorb anymore. And that's important as per the aforementioned dangers of eating too much iron. Not only that, but consuming non-heme iron is often recommended, all right? Listen to this. To remove the negative effects of heme iron, all right? Such as cardiovascular health, the arteries getting clogged, too much fatty tissues forming. Like, there are extensive studies done on this as well. Go listen to my iron podcast and just hear how good plant iron is as opposed to animal iron. All right? So eat your plant sources of iron, folks. Lastly... Now, I say lastly because these are the ones I recommend. You've got to remember that there's probably a thousand other people out there recommending whatever they take. This is what I take and this is what works for me as a vegan thriving, okay? There are a lot of vegans that are sick, a lot of vegans that are unhealthy. There's also a lot of vegans that are thriving. But to thrive on a vegan diet, you need to be educated. I say that from the bottom of my heart. It, it upsets me that I need to say it because there are so many people out there that try a vegan diet, but they do the vegan diet the wrong way and they get sick, unhealthy, and it gives the vegan diet a bad name. So I want to just say that the last supplement that I take is protein. The reason I say this is because protein isn't inadequate on a vegan diet, but protein is often under-eaten, I should say. Now, I'm not saying you need huge copious quantities of protein, but people often eat a small little portion of beans on their on their meal or one or two pieces of tofu. But by doing that, you're not actually getting enough protein from that small little bite, all right? So I often recommend a protein supplement just to kind of give that little edge on your day, give you that little boost of protein that you need just to, uh, in all honesty, act as a safety net. If you're not going to eat much protein because you're eating at a restaurant and you know that it's not a very protein-rich meal or you don't have time to cook and you're, you're trying to grab something on the go, grab a protein shake. The only reason I say supplement with protein is because people are often confused as well with the term protein. People think that tablespoon of peanut butter is going to be enough protein. Yes, peanut butter contains protein, but it's not going to be containing enough protein. So for this reason, I suggest having that protein shake in the morning with breakfast just to ensure that you're receiving a boost of protein in your diet. And it's not going to hurt you. You can overeat on protein. Again, don't overeat on it, okay? You're just going to store it as fat and it's going to tax your kidneys and it's not going to be good for you. Okay. As a rule of thumb, just so I cover my bum on this, if you're eating enough calories, you, you, you're probably going to be eating enough protein. But a lot of people don't necessarily eat enough calories either. So that is why I suggest having a protein shake. Head over to my blog about vegan protein as well if you're a little bit confused. But just as a suggestion, I like to eat foods like lentils, beans, tofu, tempeh, and of course, a protein shake, just to ensure that I'm adequately nourishing my body with protein, just to make sure that my muscles are going to recover and I'm getting enough into my body. All right, so there we have it. There are my four nutritional supplements that I recommend. I know protein's not really a nutritional supplement, but it's a nutrient. So it's taken out of the gym sphere just this once and chucked into my nutritional supplement list. Yeah, I hope that was interesting. I hope that you have some sort of clarification over what B12, iron, omega, and protein are. And yeah, if you have any questions about it, you know that I'll always reply on my 21 Days to Vegan Instagram. Until next time, bye.